the Make Time to Play podcast with me, Georgia Jones, brought to you by the Make Time to Play campaign. Make Time to Play provides parents and carers with hundreds of free play ideas and resources to keep your little ones entertained, whilst talking about the various benefits of play that aids child development. You can download the free Make Time to Play app on iOS and Android for more than 450 play activities which allows you to filter the activities by your child's age, your play setting and number of children playing. On the first episode to kick off the series, I spoke to Dr. Arik Sigmund, who is a child health education specialist who spoke all about physical play. After a year of multiple lockdowns and being stuck inside, I'm sure we can all relate to having lower activity levels. Dr. Arik discusses the important benefits to physical health and mental well-being that physical play and being outdoors in nature provides to children and adults. I hope you enjoy it. So I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Arik Sigmund today on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Arik. It's a pleasure. Lovely to have you. Now you are a child is it child educational specialist? Is that right? Well, health education specialist, meaning that I try to prevent, prevent being the operative words, prevent problems in children, particularly both physical and mental health problems in children. Yes. Right. Okay. And am I right in thinking you've got a particular interest in kind of the, the, the physical aspect, getting kids out, getting them out doing activities rather than kind of sat indoors? on their laptops, on their, on their tablets. <laughs> You're not kidding. Uh, this has become an increasing problem across the world, I have to say. And that is one of the, the main things I like to focus on. Yes, absolutely. So have you noticed then with, with the kind of everything that's been going on with lockdown, with COVID, that the levels have dramatically increased? Yeah. Across the world, there has been um, a very big increase in kids sitting down for more hours a day, moving less, eating junk foods, um, and almost all the things we nag them about, they're doing more of or not enough of. And this is something which is the result of the lockdown situation. And I think that there's no point in us crying over spilt milk. We have to view this as like being on a long haul jet flight across the Atlantic, which I've been on too many times. Um, <laughs> My kids are allowed to sit and watch video after video for eight hours nonstop. They don't have to move. They can eat junk food on the airplane. It's a trip. However, at some point, the journey's over and the jet lands, and we have to get back to normal. And I think that's the way that we have to view this. So if I, if I want to just run through some of the, the world data, a quick trip around the world, for example, looking here, um, Screen time increased by 265%, um, while physical activity dropped by 400% wow. in China amongst their children. When you look at Germany and Canada, we find a similar situation. And for example, in Canada, only 4.8% of children met the minimum movement or play activities um, required by the government. Wow. When you look at our country here, there was a 256% rise in the number of children failing to get the bare minimum of physical activity recommended by the NHS. And most recently, in fact, just the other day before I knew I was going to be talking to you, um, I found a new study in the British Medical Journals 
um, sport and exercise medicine, and they found what they did was to look at 66 main studies across the world, 87,000 people, and this is what they found, that all of the studies reported decreases in children's physical activity, and all the studies reported big increases in sitting down, in other words, sedentary behavior. So this is a, a, a problem across the world, absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty dramatic, really, those findings that you've just read out there. It's like, it's huge, yeah. isn't it? And I mean, I can completely understand it, because I feel like we, we've done the same things. Not only are our children sat down more, so are we. And we're probably watching yeah. more TV on our phones much more, on our laptops much more. I've, I've definitely noticed it with my little boy, especially, because the, I think the, the problem is you, with the lockdown, with the situation that we've, we've had, you kind of run out of things to do. Um, and especially when it were, we were limited to one hour outside of physical uh you know activity and then when you got in you would do activity after activity and then it got to the point where it was like right you can maybe just watch your ipad or watch a, a disney film for a little bit now because i kind of can't think of what else to do with you anymore <laughs> I think that's the refrain that I've heard from all parents, and I think particularly mothers who've been left with much of the burden of having to um, deal with children who are fed up um, and, and have been locked down. I think the really unfortunate thing for many people, especially children, is that much of the lockdown happened when the weather was going bad. Mm -hmm. And we have to remember, up here in Britain, very, very high latitudes, which means it gets dark early in the, in the autumn and winter, and it's cold and it rains a lot and this is not conducive uh, for kids wanting to go outdoors or even you know us wanting to go outdoors yeah. so it's a bad combination of uh, of affairs all happening at the same time absolutely and obviously like you take for granted that that you know if you've got a garden you forget that a lot of people don't have gardens they don't have that outside place to go and do the physical activity you know when you're not allowed to actually leave the house when you're in in lockdown but obviously there's lots of there's lots of benefits to physical acti activity and getting your children out and moving but would you can you run through them what you know what the big benefits are Yes, I think that most of us adults think of exercise as being uh, a way to, the main thing I think uh, is losing weight, yeah. preventing heart disease, those kinds of things. I think for younger people, guys want to have a six pack, uh, women want to be fit and toned. But unfortunately, um, that overlooks some of the really important benefits of exercise, which are now being found, particularly for children. And those are very interesting, particularly preventing mental illnesses in children, as well as us as adults and using exercise and physical activity to treat some mental illness or, or improve mental health. And that's very important. So if you look at physical health, um, almost all forms of disease prevention can be uh, you know, acquired to some extent through more physical activity. Um, mental well-being, very, very important in preventing problems and actually making children happier and us happier as well. And even academic performance, raising grades in school. Um, and I think most importantly, we have to remember this, that children are setting their health habits for the rest of their life. They establish habits in many different spheres of their life, one of them being physical activity. So the physical activity they do when they're young can translate into a big health habit, which may last them throughout their life. So those are main things that we get from physical activity now. Now I can go into some of the benefits, um, which people may not realize. So for example, 
things like obviously body fat and obesity. We hear a lot about obesity at all ages, but I think particularly in children we're worried about. Type 2 diabetes um, and adult disease prevention, you know, all causes of mortality, heart disease, and even some cancers. I have a statement here from the World Cancer Research Fund. Quote, we have strong evidence that being active reduces the risk of three cancers. Most people don't seem to think or realize that. Also, we know that when children play, they're more likely to be physically active and move. So the dividing line between playing and physical activity or exercise is a very hazy one, which is a very good thing. Now, looking more specifically, and this is what surprises a lot of people, if you look at children's brain structure and their brain function, this is um, well. Uh, this is it sounds very technical, but I want to I want to read this out because it makes it clear how important it is. They found increases in brain white matter microstructure in children as the result of physical activity. Um, and what this means is that the two different halves of our brains, the left and right half, the communication between the two of them seems to be faster. The nerve impulses are more quick, and that's very important in terms of solving problems and thinking. So the scientists concluded that this risk reinforces the importance of physical activity for the brain health during child development, and that there are benefits to mental processing speed in pre-adolescence, starting at a pretty young age. And when you then start to look at what could this mean in terms of the real benefits for children, well, school grades. An international study looking at four to 13 year olds um, found that there were benefits for several aspects of academic achievement, especially math related skills, as well as reading um, and scores in what are called composite scores and other things uh, in children. So those are the academic things. I can also just turn to the mental health things, which are very interesting. Yeah. Um, mental well-being is a really big area for physical activity now, for us as well. I mean, both you and I, Georgia, would be well advised to be physically active, yeah. um, reducing our risk of things like depression as adults, but for children, probably even better. So, for example, people think of exercise as being something where it's huffing and puffing by numbers. But a new study looked at all different types of activity, yoga, dancing, ballroom dancing, all kinds of rather casual things. They found that all of them, there was a relationship between those and mental well-being as well as body image. And King's College Medical School Institute of Psychiatry found that regular leisure time activity of any intensity, it doesn't have to be tough on us, but any intensity, quote, provides protection against future depression um, and may prevent a, a substantial number of cases. So it could be that this exercise has been overlooked probably because it's free and we've taken it for granted, but really, really important. Yeah, that, gosh, there's so many interesting facts that you listed off there. Uh, it's funny because I think as adults, you do think of the link between mental health and or mental you know, wellness and um, exercise. But you never really think about children having any sort of mental, you know, any problems. You, you just see them as little happy children running about. Yeah. So I would never have actually kind of put the link there between, you know, ch exercise in children and mental well-being. 
It's funny that it's only recently, historically, that people thought that children could become depressed um, or that the children may have mental health problems. And we've assumed until recently, historically, that this was an adult issue. No. And more importantly, we can, when children are young, we can really shape better health, both yeah. physical and mental. So it's even more important that anything that you and I talk about, Georgia, for our own health and our own selfish reasons is yeah. even more important for our children. Yeah. And you know, beyond the the more hardcore medical things that I was just discussing, there are the sort of softer benefits that when children play physically, it may actually cause them to be more emotionally well. Um, it provides a positive distraction and it enables them to disengage from some of the things that may worry them. And children may worry about things which really are not worth worrying about, but when you're a child, you think they are. Mm -hmm. And it's important to actually have distraction, as it would be for you and I, Georgia. We need to forget about our troubles. We might put on some trash television in the evening or twiddle our thumbs or do anything just to, to switch off from the things we're thinking about. Yeah. Children need that as well, and play and physical activity can do that. Mm -hmm. But also, children learn self-control and self-regulation and there's a lot of talk about self-esteem and how important that is for children well the new kid on the block is actually self-regulation because from that the ability to control yourself and not go for instant gratification and expecting things now they can predict school performance future success and many other things later in a child's life and playing, um, physical play and so on, where you have to follow rules, you have to watch somebody else's reaction, teaches you some self-control, which is a lifelong skill. So that's another benefit. And beyond that, of course, there are things like social interaction, negotiation, having to read someone else's emotional cues. These are all really important for children's health and well-being, mental health, etc. So there's a wide range of benefits that we might take for granted. Yeah. And it's interesting you talk about them, like, you know, the other skill that they develop when they are doing activities. Um, for instance, my little boy started um, Little Gym. So he, he goes to the gym and he, you know, runs about and swings off things. And But he also has to listen to rules and he has to listen to getting in a line and waiting his turn and listening to the leader. Um, which is funny because I never really thought about that when he first started. I just thought it'd be him jumping off things and in a safe environment, <laughs> burning off a bit of steam. But actually, his his listening skills, you know, and his and his patience, and you know, uh, uh, you know, listening to an adult or or a figure of authority, all of that improved. So it all kind Absolutely. of hand in hand with one another. And uh, the, the upside of it is, Georgia, it makes parenting easier for you. Mm. Um, so when children have to think more collectively by considering rules and boundaries and being influenced by um, a mentor, somebody who has authority over them and so on, this shapes them up to be socially viable. And so play and physical activity with groups of people um, helps children become socially viable adults for the reasons that you just um, explained. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We just, um, I just took my little boy back up north, finally was allowed to go back to see the grandparents. Um, and they have a huge garden compared to our tiny little one in London. And it was honestly, I've never seen a little boy so excited. It's like I'd set him free into the wild. He did not stop. Um, and, you know, in turn, slept better and ate better like his his appetite completely changed and he started trying things he wouldn't normally 
try, um, you know, listen to his granddad, who, you know, respected what his granddad was saying. And it was just like I came home with a, a different little boy. Um, yeah. Just this little boy that had been able to just, well, run run wild and just enjoy himself and fresh air. And Well, interestingly, um, people are obviously recommending that our children play more and they do more physical activity. Absolutely. But it's being recommended that whenever they can do it outdoors, because when you observe children in studies, when they're outdoors, they sit less and move more. Mm -hmm. They burn more calories just because they're outside and we don't know why. So yes, he, he will move more. And he, as a result of that, he'll sleep better. He'll be hungrier in the right kind of way and so on. But the outdoors is, um, it is actually really interesting because not only do they sit less and move more, they're also more likely to get more vitamin D, which up here, especially in the north of England, this is an issue. Um, especially at a time when we're concerned about skin, we put factor 50 on them during the warm weather. Well, one of the problems with all that, our kids aren't getting enough vitamin D. So outdoors will help that, and we don't really think about that. It also regulates their body clock. So you mentioned that your son was sleeping more. Well, the way that we sleep and the way that we wake is triggered by natural light. And by being outdoors, it sets our body clocks naturally. So we sleep and wake more naturally and more regularly, which is important. But there's some other interesting things. Again, Georgia, getting back to mental health again, uh, I'll just read you the title of a new study, Nature Exposure and Positive Body Image. And they found a direct relationship between nature exposure, being exposed to greenery, of which this country, in my view, as a foreigner, is the best in the world. You have the best greenery I have ever seen anywhere on this planet. And I've been all over the planet. Um, <laughs> And they think that it's actually possible to promote, quote, a more positive body image through nature-based interventions. In other words, by exposing young people to more greenery more often, they actually think that they can make people happier with their bodies at a time when, sadly, an awful lot of young people, younger and younger ages, are becoming less happy with their bodies. And again, we're not quite sure why. Why would greenery do this? A couple of other interesting things. When you look at kids outdoors, this Canadian study, big Canadian study, found that, quote, children who spend more time outdoors were less likely to have peer relationship problems, and they had better psychosocial health. Um, another big international review found that when kids do physical physical activity in nature, it's linked with physical health, mental health, well-being, education, lifelong learning, even things like crime reduction and antisocial behavior, and the benefits went on and on and on. Now, when you look at a different area of science, they're trying to look at what happens, Georgia, if you go outside and you're yearning, then you walk outside and you see some greenery. Are there any chemical changes in your body? And the answer is yes, that when they look at two key stress hormones or stress compounds, one of them is cortisol, it's a stress hormone. The other one's called alpha amylase. It's also a stress compound that for every minute or 20 minutes or whatever that you spend outdoors in nature, those things drop. I think cortisol is 21% per hour, Alpha amylase, 28% per hour that you're out in greenery. So um, they look at that. They also look at changes in brain function and the areas of your brain which make you ruminate about your problems, where you think over and over again about the things that trouble you, that becomes less active. So there is something about the outdoors that does seem to cause chemical changes and brain function changes which make people feel better, including our children.
That's so interesting. It's, you, do you know, it's when, when you're talking, I'm thinking about things. I'm like, well, when I was a little girl, so my dad um, is a florist and he grew up, he, we grew up on a flower nursery and he grew all his own flowers. Um, and every single day I would help dad on the nursery, outside, in nature, covering the flowers over to pre protect them from the cold and watering them. And I was such a happy little kid. <laughs> yeah. And now it all makes sense. I'm like, well, it's because I was ex exercising yeah. outside at one with nature, you know, it was all those things. Yeah. It's something we, we take it for granted. Again, I think very often we find that in, certainly in my area of health, that the things that cost money um, and you need to sell people, there's a lot of promotion for all those things for children. But the things that are natural and free, things like sleep and physical activity and movement and just talking to your mother or father, which we know are all very good for you, um, they don't really get much promotion. And certainly Mother Nature does not have a PR agency working for her, we know that, or a lobby group. No, yeah. not at all. We um we went uh, to uh, like a little forest retreat when things first kind of opened up this time, and um we took our little boy on a little like adventure through the wood with a forest ranger, um and it was actually quite interesting to to see that just what you found on the forest floor could be used as a toy. So uh, you know he he got a bit of string out of his backpack and he was like let's make rafts like little mini ones and put them down the little little river and like see how fast it goes and it, it blew Cooper's mind he'd never done that before and to be honest I as a parent had never thought to do that to it with him because there are just so many toys readily available here do a jigsaw when actually what you could do is you know for free go into the into the woods find some sticks and build build a little you know a little den or just yeah. something simple as that so, which brings me on to my next question of, are there any kind of activities that you can do outdoors that you would kind of recommend are good for children? Well, interestingly, people um, have always thought until recently that we need to think specifically about what are the best activities for children to do outdoors. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, the first thing I'd say was unstructured pr play um, or free play. There's a real big interest in that nowadays, which nobody really thought much about before. And when you start to look at some of the benefits um, of free play, for example, um, unstructured play, it's considered a vital activity in childhood. It's, it's found to be positively related to a wide variety of positive outcomes in children. Um, and this includes play which involves a little bit of acceptable risk, but they're actually looking at what happens when children have more free, unstructured play that we, we adults don't design for them. And you then look at how they turn out 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now. They're finding that it promotes future success as an adult. Um, that it predicts some indicators of social success in adulthood, particularly the ability to adapt. So allowing children's minds to run free, I think, is really, really important, and we shouldn't underrate that. So that would be one of the things that I would say. Now, we can get on to specifically, you know, things about the kind of physical activity that kids can uh, or should be doing. Um, and these would be things that are recommended by the World Health Organization, as well as by, you know, the, the Department of Health and the NHS and so on. So, for example, when you look at and we have to talk about different age groups, of course, because what a 16 year old can do is very different from a child who's under five. But in short, 
um, children under five, and I mean, people are shocked by this, they're expected to spend at least three hours a day in a variety of types of different physical activities of any intensity. It doesn't have to be something that's, you know, particularly intense. Um, but 60 minutes of that, you know, one hour of that three hours should be moderate to vigorous intensity physical activity and spread throughout the day. So three hours minimum, but they're saying that more is better. Wow. Um, so that that's there we have it for the under fives and the NHS when you when it gives physical activity ideas for children under five they say that all movement counts the more the better and here are some examples um, for the very young tummy time um, playing with blocks and other objects or toys messy play uh, jumping walking dancing swimming playground activities climbing um, skipping uh, active play like hide and seek um, throwing and catching scootering around riding the bike any kind of outdoor activities and skipping rope. Those are the kind of things they're talking about for the under fives. Now, when you look at the NHS activity guidelines for children and young people, five to 18, um, they divide them into two main categories of physical activity, aerobic exercise, which gets our heart and lungs going, of course, but also exercises to strengthen their muscles and bones. And they're saying that they need at least 60 minutes of moderate physical activity a day. Um, and that means taking part in a variety of types and intensities of physical activity across the week to develop a variety of different skills, movement skills, muscles and bones, uh, heart and respiratory system, that kind of thing. Uh, just to give I think parents, uh, a quick example of some of these things, moderate intensity activities, the examples are things like walking to school, believe it or not, um, playground activities, riding a scooter, skateboarding, rollerblading, even just walking the dog, uh, cycling on flat grounds or a ground with few hills. When you want to look at activities for children's muscles, bones, and their movement skills, which involves coordination, it's still developing. Uh, examples would include, again, walking, running, games such as tug of war. And all you need, as you say, Georgia, is just a stick or a piece of rope. Nothing that fancy, but really good for muscle development. Um, exercise, resistance exercise with bands, those exercise bands, um, handheld weights, aerobic running, netball, hockey, badminton, skipping with a rope, martial arts, sit-ups, press-ups, other similar exercises. And then there's a range of what we call physical literacy or fundamental movement skills. Um, and that involves a lot of multiple movements and so on, which kids will naturally get if they involve themselves in, in an, almost any sport for that matter. Those are the range of the kind of things they need. Uh, now, I should also point out that there's been a confusion, Georgia, between not exercising enough and sitting on our bottoms too much. Um, both of those things, George, as you and I know, are not good for us, but they're not the same thing. So what doctors and scientists have now done is they've separated out two different problems. One of them is not getting enough physical activity and movement and play, and the other one is sitting down too much. And they can both lead to physical and mental health problems, but through different routes, not the same thing. So. Even if children do do a lot of physical activity, or you and I do a lot of physical activity, we mustn't sit down for too long. We need to have frequent 
frequent breaks when we stand up and simply move around. And that's a very new type of thinking. And it's thought that when we sit down too much, our bodies produce higher levels of what are called pro-inflammatory chemicals. And those things are not good for arteries or cells and are linked with a wide variety of not-so-nice diseases. And even now, possibly some mental health problems. So that can be caused by simply sitting down too much. Um, and of course, the problem of not exercising enough, um, those health problems are caused through different things. So again, just to give you an idea, the NHS is now saying why we should sit less. Reducing sitting time includes anything that involves moving in and around the home or the classroom or the community. They want us to, quote, break up long periods of sitting time with shorter bouts of activity for just one or two minutes. Doesn't take too much time. And they want us to take an active break from sitting about every 30 minutes. So I hope that people take that on board now because the two things are thought of as been one before. Uh, exercise and sitting down too much. No, they're different. And we have to address both of those things in our in our children's lives. Yeah. And I think as well, with the, with the way things have been recently, we've been doing more of both of those things, haven't we? So we have been sitting down more and we have been doing less exercise because yeah. our usual methods that we've you know used in the past kind of either the gym wasn't open or, you know, we weren't allowed out much. So, and then obviously, then it kind of is a vicious circle, isn't it? Because when you're not out, you do just sit. Because you don't tend to just stand in your house. I do, because I'm cleaning constantly. So I'm all right. <laughs> Good exercise, Georgia. Good exercise. Exactly. I might have to teach my little one that. I'll be like, look, this is exercise. It's going to just make you feel so much better. It actually does. I think it, I think cleaning re re uh, releases endorphins for me. <laughs> well, a lot of people are shocked by the fact that I've never used a dishwasher before. And I absolutely insist on using, I have these black um, washing up gloves, I call them Gary Golds. Um, and it's therapeutic. Um, the world may be a complicated place and I can't control lockdowns and I can't control the international economy, but I can control those dirty dishes. And in, you know, 15 minutes, I can achieve something. Dirty dishes to clean dishes. And there is something to be said for that. And interestingly, Georgia, you know, I might laugh about you cleaning around the house and so on. Um, there are some studies which suggest that the so-called quote-unquote housewives of the 1950s, part of the reason that they may have been slimmer was because the number of calories they expended on housework was much greater. Yeah. And so when you look at some of the benefits of what we call ambient movement, either you or I or our children just going up the stairs more, um, sweeping the floor, if your children are kind enough to do that for you, I'm not quite sure they are, taking the dog for a walk, it's the everyday things that are built into activity which really count at the end of the day, not necessarily the ones that we design for exercise. Mm, that was interesting what you were saying there because when you initially said three hours, so for my, my child because he's three, Three, it would be three hours recommended a day exercise. And when you first said it, I thought, gosh, that's a heck of a lot. But then when you mentioned kind of what the different types of exercise could be, I was like, oh, well, he does walk to nursery. And he yeah. does, you know, he does, you know, kick a ball about for a little bit. And, and I was like, actually, when you think about that all adding up, he is probably, you know, doing three hours a day, actually. So it's not yes. quite as hard as you initially think it's going to be. Absolutely. And it, it, the 
really the same thing should apply to you and I. I know a lot of people who are trying to lose weight and they say, I'm going to go to this aerobics class at my gym and so on. But they don't look at the everyday casual opportunities for movement. And there is a considerable um, opinion now that we should stop using the word exercise and replace it with physical movement or just movement. Right. Because ultimately that's what's going to make people healthier because it's built into our lifestyles. And the good thing about our children is that if it's built in earlier, they're more likely to have this when they're older as well. Yeah. So just to think about their lifestyle as opposed to formal exercise activities for them, yeah. which are fine, but not the only thing. Yeah. And and for, for, for families that kind of, you know, can't get outdoors, can't, so it would be the more kind of, rather than going out for a run, would be something physical indoors. Is there anything that you would recommend for families that is a good way to keep physically active indoors? A whole variety of things, I suppose. It depends on your family situation, how whether you have a big floor space or whatever. But you could actually have little sessions. You could play. Get a foam football for. I know that I I got them for my kids because I didn't want them breaking the neighbors' windows when they yeah. kicked it in the street. Um, but there are softer footballs you can kick around a sitting room like that, which aren't going to break. Uh, the family's crockery, etc. Mm. Um, I suppose you know, go to a toy store. Um, and have a look at the kind of things that would make your kids move indoors, which aren't going to break your windows and ruin your life. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and bring those things home. Um, and also just think use, about using your imagination, any kind of games that you think you could play with your children that get them moving. And also, a lot of us parents are trying to get some exercise. Why not do this stuff with the kids? Yeah. A, it's distracting so it doesn't hurt us as much when we're doing the sit-ups or whatever we're doing. And B, we're role modeling for our children and our children are doing physical activity. So maybe do some home physical activity activity or exercises. Um, it could even be some sort of exercise video. Uh, yeah. I know that a lot of people watch, you know, yoga sized videos and all kinds of other ones they, they've got now. Yeah. Um, I know, and I know that even my kids were doing those things that they, they want to see adults do it and they copy. So everybody's moving together. Dancing's another one. Um, dancing's considered formally a very, very, very good form of exercise, which gets your heart rate up and moves a lot of muscles and works coordination and balance. So um, anything that gets kids moving, gets you moving, things that you like doing, do it at home indoors if you have to. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, when you can get outdoors, even if you don't have a garden, um, just think about, is there a park nearby? Um, can you just go for a walk? Uh, do you need to go shopping? If so, can you walk to those shops and back? Yeah. Um, when it comes to shopping for groceries, can you carry them back in bags and get your children to help you? It's weightlifting. Yeah. Or they not call it functional training. <laughs> where affluent people pay a personal trainer to get them to lift bags of cement. Builders, <laughs> builders call it lifting bags of cement. Yeah. Um, but, but if you happen to be somebody who's hiring a personal trainer, it's called functional training. It basically <laughs> involves resistance training and weightlifting. Get our kids to help us carry the shopping home. Yeah, I actually do get Cooper. If ever he comes to the supermarket with me, I get him to carry a few bits around the yeah. supermarket and he struggles, but I'm like, yeah, it's great. You just carry that. And he enjoys it. He, yeah. it's, it's a fun activity for him and it's exciting. It's just getting him to pay for it at the till. That's the problem. I'm like, no, you need to hand that over now. That's not, 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 not that is the problem. That is the problem with children. They can't pay for us yet. <laughs> yeah. One day. One day. One day. <laughs> well, that's been amazing, Eric. Thank you so, so much. I feel like I've, I've learned a lot. And actually, I don't feel quite as bad now. I feel like I'm 
doing those things I might just need to do them a little bit more to make sure that that my little one is you know getting that exercise but it's just so amazing and so interesting the links to children's mental health which I think uh, like mental well-being I think it's it's such a massive thing nowadays and people forget about children's mental well-being they forget yeah. that you know it starts from being young and you've got to kind of protect it and and nurture that part of your child um you know they might i did notice a lot that um during during this last year that children do pick up on how you're feeling as well so if they're around you and you're feeling low which i think a lot of us have been um they they pick it up and i think they feel feel your emotions too so there's probably a lot of children coming out of lockdown actually physical activity is going to massively massively help because they've probably come out of an environment where they've actually been you know it's been quite a, a negative low kind of low mood environment well, the very good news for us has been the fact that lockdown has eased as the weather was getting better and we're going into the summer months. Yeah. And so we have the summer and, you know, at least half the autumn anyway, as a healing time where kids can get back to normal again, we can get back to normal again. I know it's somewhat unpredictable and, and will be for some time, but ultimately it's much better than it was before. And it's the best medicine for children is just to play uh, for all the reasons we discussed, for physical reasons, um, which, which started things Things like producing drugs when kids are physically active their brains produce endocannabinoids these are cannabis based compounds well, and opium uh, opioids um, those kind of compounds things we'd never want our children to take but when their <laughs> brains produce these substances it makes children feel happier and better and so just at that level it's good for them aside from all the other things to do with physical interaction social interaction um, distraction and disengagement from their problems and so many other things I, I think it is the ultimate medicine for our children um, this summer no question absolutely well after I've finished speaking to you, I'm going to get off my bum, <laughs> not sit down anymore, go and do some physical activity and make sure my child walks home from nursery. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much, Eric. That was so insightful and um, yeah, really super interesting. So thank you for taking your time to talk to us. It's been a real pleasure, Georgia. Thanks for having me. Well, I don't know about you, but I found that chat with Dr. Eric incredibly interesting. I've definitely picked up some tips on how to keep children active, as well as for adults too. Especially the importance of looking at it as a physical activity and not necessarily exercise, which can be daunting for some. If you want to find more information on physical play, you can visit the Make Time to Play website, www.maketimetoplay.co.uk. You can also download the free Make Time to Play app for lots of play ideas to keep your children active.